Philippians 4, 6. He seems like I keep coming around to some of the same themes here. But, you know, we just go with the Spirit, amen? What he tells us to uh, to preach. And so, yeah, if you look at Philippians and um, 4, 6 is going to be our theme, our, our uh, key text, uh, which is, be careful for nothing, but be careful for what? For nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. Um, and then verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. And then he tells us, uh, you know, the great verse here, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, and where would you find truth in the Word of God? Whatever is in the Word and whatever agrees with the Word, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are are just, whatsoever things are are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, we're tempted, of course, to think on everything but that. Because sometimes our life, what's manifesting in our life is entirely opposite of that. Sometimes there's dark things. Sometimes there's scary things. Sometimes there's unexplainable things that are happening in our situations and in our circumstances. But this is where we have to, there's something we can do. We can make a decision that I'm going to think on the thing that the Lord is telling me to think about. And if you can get a hold of your thought life like that, now one way to get a hold of your thought life is to talk out loud about, you know, it's it's difficult to think one thing and say another. We're not dual-brained here, you know. <laughs> and uh, I don't know uh, who, maybe somebody could train themselves to do that, some little something. But basically you have to, uh, when you're speaking, your brain's working with your mind. And uh, so one way to, to get a grip on it, because sometimes we'll try to outthink the negative or outthink the devil with just mind control and our head shake like a, you know, Rod Serling episode, you know, or something. But uh, we'll, <laughs> Twilight Zone, I'm going to outthink the, the, the alien. But um, in reality, sometimes the only way to get the thought, to get a, a lasso around the bucking bronc thought that's in our head is, is to begin to speak the, the things. So if it's okay to think these lovely, nice, wonderful, true things, then it would be okay to speak those things. And sometimes that's the only way you can get relief is to, is to outshout the devil in a way. You just have to talk. And if you're speaking 
is not loud enough, get louder, to where you hear what you're hearing now is not a rereading of the doctor's report, a rereading of the uh, financial report, a rereading of something that's negative. Uh, what you're hearing is the word, and you're hearing something wonderful, and you're hearing worship, and you're hearing praise. Amen. And uh, don't mean to be unkind to modern songwriters, but uh, you have to really pick and choose. Uh, it has nothing to do with style. There's not one style more. In other words, 1940s quartet style isn't more anointed than the latest and greatest out of L.A. or something, you know, as far as that goes. That's just cultural and kind of what speaks to you or, or me or whatever. But it's the words because, you know, some people say, well, all, all the old songs are the great ones. Well, no, there's some old ones that are terrible that you can't sing. And sometimes I'll be humming along with one of them and think, I can't confess that. Barely get along on meager fare. I'm not singing that. I'm not singing that. Well, that's in the hymnal. Well, rip it out because it's a bad one. You can make a nice little fire with that. So just because, you know, something, you know, is is old doesn't make it anointed. And just because it's new doesn't make it anointed. Because we were in a church uh, this year somewhere <laughs> in one of our excursions and uh, here in the United States. And, and they were singing in the dark valley is where I find Jesus. And I'm thinking, you know, you don't have to go to the dark valley to find Jesus. Praise God. He's right out in the open. (laughs) Standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus, you know, please. And so I, you know, again, just because it's new and the latest sound doesn't make it uh, right either. And if it's a style that's a little more, uh, you thieve and what you like, that doesn't make it bad either. You know, amen. Some of that's just a matter of taste. But um, we try to pick songs that would agree with the scripture. Amen. Because uh, like Brother Hagin said, a, so- a song is nothing more than a confession set to music. It's a confession set to music. So we would only want to confess what is true. So what's the truth about... um there was a, a speaker in Tulsa, praise the Lord, um, who was well known. He went to a big church at that time as Grace Fellowship, and and uh, he had had some heart trouble, you know, like serious heart. I think he had had a heart attack and, and some other things. And a woman that was very influential in the Hagen's life, her name was Mom Goodwin. She was in that church and, and she knew this guy. His name was uh, Joe and, and, and the speaker and, and, and he got up to say, well, some of you have probably heard that I, you know, have had some heart trouble and, and appreciate your prayers and all those typical things that maybe somebody would pray if they feel like the information's already public. You might as well own it and talk about it. And so he did. And after the service, sister Goodwin, mom Goodwin, she came up to him and said, now I know what you said in the pulpit, but I want to know the true report. I want to know the real report about your heart. 
and he said, well, okay, I wasn't going to go into detail on that, but they said this and said that and the other thing, you know, several details. And she said, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the true report, the real report. And he got it, what she was getting at. And he said, by Jesus' stripes, I was healed 2,000 years ago. And so then, you know, I did a CD series years ago uh, called Whose Report Do You Believe? And so we have to, this, this, this scripture here is smacking us a little bit around, isn't it? That, uh, there, there's, there are, there are situations in life where you're gonna be faced with two reports. The reality of the natural world, um, in the Old Testament, you know, it's called the evil report. And then there's the report of the Lord, which is from the Word. And we, we so often, sometimes on a daily basis, sometimes on a moment by moment basis, we have to choose which report we're going to believe. Amen. Is this helping anybody? So you can do this. It's not can you do it, it's will you do it. Amen. Um, and um, we certainly all want empathy from one another. Empathy is a good thing. I learned that in school, <laughs> in uh, years, a hundred years ago in school when they would talk about things like that at school. But uh, in school, they were teaching us in some kind of an English class the difference between the two words, between empathy and sympathy. And, and I, I remember thinking about that as just a teenager, what a wonderful thing empathy is, and really how, how negative and degrading sympathy is. And uh, so, you know, we want to empathize with people. And even say, oh, no, what about a sympathy card? And I, okay, I get it. But I'm just saying that uh, empathizing means that I'm relating to what you're going through, I'm standing with you. I'm I'm feeling what you're feeling, yeah. and I'm going to stand by you and be an encourager. I'm sort of paraphrasing it, yeah. but sympathy can just turn out to be pity. Yeah. Yeah. You poor pathetic thing, my God, what you're going through, and that can be so demeaning yeah. and can le- can lend itself to to not something positive and helpful. So, in saying that, praise God. I, I like what Sister Goodwin said to this guy, this minister. And so she got him to testify to her the goodness of God instead of the badness of the devil and his, what he's doing. Don't everybody shout at once. <laughs> sometimes we kind of enjoy getting petted a little bit. And there's nothing wrong with being loved on and hugged and, 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 and all that. But on the other hand, we need to need to encourage one another in the word. Amen. And say, you know, I know this looks bad, smells bad, tastes bad, and whatever, but but you're going to make it. And you're going to be okay. And God's on the throne. And Hallelujah. And Jesus already paid it all. Healing belongs to us. Prosperity and blessing belongs to us. Because of what Jesus paid for. All right. Now, I want you to look at that uh, Philippians uh, 4.6. I think I brought it up here. 
in the uh, Amplified Classic, Amplified Classic, um, do not fret or have any, now this is really quite a standard here, isn't it? Do not fret or have any anxiety, how much? About anything. Any about anything. How much is any? Well, that would be none. (laughs) Don't have any. Amen? Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance. How many circumstances? Every, everyone. Every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, definite request. Let with thanksgiving, Continue to make your wants. And, you know, some people just get, they have to try to chisel away at the power of the word with religion. Well, is it a need or a desire? It doesn't matter, ding dong. If you want it, there it is. Don't, don't like try to limit. Let's not limit the word. Let's expand it. Praise God. Like Rodney Howard Brown said, the reason it's called the Amplified Version is because it's louder. It's amplified anyway. (laughs) Only Rodney can come up with that. Make your wants known to God. Well, if it's a, if it's a, a need, it would be under wants. And if it's a desire, it would be under wants. And so, you know, don't get into a thing of what, well, do I need that? Uh, if, if you don't want it, don't, I don't have it. But then don't go around and be the inspector general for everybody else's life and just, you, you can't determine what's somebody else's need. You can't determine somebody else's want and you can't dis- determine somebody else's desire. Amen. It's, it's very personal. Amen. All right. But I love that. Do not fret. And that, that was the heart of this message today. Is the heart of this message. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Do you know how difficult that is sometimes? <laughs> I'm just being honest. It's not always easy to not fret. But we're going to look at some more not fret stuff here. All right. If you're going to have a fret, you got to make sure it's on the guitar, and that's it. Matthew 6, 25. You know, somebody will come up with a, you know, a new car or something like that, and somebody says, well, what do they need with that? Well, it's none of your business. It's not need, the Bible is not need-based, it's faith-based. The need for salvation and healing and blessing was met by Christ at Calvary. He met the need. And now he responds to faith. If God just responded to need, then a place like India... Nothing against India, you know, it's a fascinating nation. But my God, what need? How about Haiti? 
A place like that would be where the power of God's the strongest. And oftentimes that's not the case. So God doesn't respond to need. And sometimes we can just say, you know, you know, I have a need here. But the need has to be turned into a definite, uh, you know, that last scripture, a need has to be turned into a definite request. Did you know it said definite request? Amen. So, okay. Anyway, here we are at Matthew 6, 20. Yeah, see, it says definite petition, definite request. Now, if you have a hard time focusing on that, I'm just trying to be the pastor today. Give you some pastoral tips, amen, uh, on Bible study and getting a hold of your mind. You can, you can, uh, get a pen, um, and a, a, a notebook and, or some paper and write down what is the petition? Yeah. What is the definite request? So then when you go to talk about that or think about that or pray or meditate on it, You've got it there in front of you the whole time. You can make a portable version called 3 by 5 This is high-tech here. 3 by 5 cards work wonders with this. Because on one side, you can have the Scripture written out that you're standing on. You know, don't try to put the whole, all the begats on there or some crazy thing, you know. But you, you can put just one verse of scripture or a piece of a verse that meets your need. Like if it's healing, it could be Isaiah 53. Uh, he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. And that could be your quote on one side of the three by five card and flip it around on the other and write your, your prayer or your confession. Amen. And, and you, and, and make it personal for you. And put your name in there. As, uh, Pastor Scarlett has taught us about putting our name in the love chapter. Uh, and, uh, Pat Harrison talked about that same thing. Uh, we can put your name on healing scriptures. Put your name on prosperity scriptures. Things that speak to your life. I remember going around, you know, people talked about hearing from God and getting definite direction. And uh, <laughs> I was young man, you know, working for the Hagans, playing the organ. They thought I could play the organ, so they hired me. But uh, I was uh, working there and, and uh, knew that my life had to move on from, you know, just being a musician forever, in, just in that. And I thought, well... I don't know, I just, I can't hear from God. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't have any direction. And and all this teaching, wonderful teaching was going on about hearing from the Holy Spirit and following the direction of the Holy Spirit, you know, and guidance. And I thought, I don't hear anything. I don't ever hear anything. I'm just I just tell you, I just don't hear anything. And I said that in front of Oretho one time, Mrs. Hagan. And she said, why don't you shut up? Why don't you just shut up? And I said, well, okay. She said, why don't you stop saying that? Why don't you start saying, I do hear from God. I am his sheep. He's my shepherd. Another's voice I will not follow. I hear from God. Well, I started saying that. I corrected, and I started saying that. 
and I started hearing from God. It was the most miraculous thing ever. Like Jesus said, you have what you say. So if if something's not working for you, why don't you change what you're saying about it? Amen. So, uh, okay, so now go back to, yeah, Matthew 6, uh, 25. And we're going to read this here. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Go to 26. Um, yeah, Matt, Matt, Matthew, go to 26. Okay. Behold the fowls of the air, they do not sow, they, they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? And now, uh, in other words, if he takes care of the birds, now go to 27. Praise God. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why, at verse 28, why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field also, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of those. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Wherefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles, or those without a covenant, seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. I think sometimes we pray and talk to God like he doesn't have a clue what's going on. Lord, do you realize what I'm dealing with down here? (laughs) If you could only just see what I'm dealing with. (laughs) Uh, hotline to heaven. And, uh, anyway, he knows before that we have need. And he says, but, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. See, it's all in his righteousness, not yours. Because see, what we're tempted to do when things start going bad, we, we tempt, we're, we're tempted to start trying to, um, rehab ourselves spiritually to where we think we're more worthy to receive a blessing. <laughs> and, you know, God bless everyone, but I, I've got friends who write books called Getting in a Position to Be Healed. Well, why don't they write a book called Getting in a Position to Be Saved? Because usually there's all this rehabbing that has to be done, you know, love walk and has to be perfected. 
Well, the, you know, there is a perfected love walk. It's called the one that God has. And if we are, we in him, he will help, help us to perfect it. But you know, I've had people look me in the eye and say, I want you to know that I love you because I'm commanded to, because if I don't, my faith won't work. Well, that's just warm and fuzzy. Yeah. That, that's, that's the word of faith, faith, love walk right there. And it's just, it's, or, or here, I'm giving you my watch because it's not very good and I want a better one. You know, what kind of a deal is that? I mean, come on, you know, uh, please. It's, it's taking scripture completely out of context and uh, applying some nuttiness with it. I don't know why folks don't want to come to our church. Cause we're weird. That's why. <laughs> and some of them don't want to be around weird. <laughs> oh, I would love to say that at some preacher conventions I know. Oh, heavens to Betsy. Whoever Betsy is, I don't know. <laughs> heavens to Betsy. <laughs> so, let's, you know, if we're, like I said, when, when we're needing, obviously this is written because people have need, and so we're dealing with need, we're dealing with lack many times and not enough and, you know, trying to juggle what we do have. And here we have scripture that tells us what to do. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Don't seek your righteousness. Don't try to prop yourself up, you know. I promise I'll swear off donuts for uh, six weeks if you'll just, you know, give me, uh, you know, whatever, you know, new shoes or some crazy thing. And people get into stuff like that. So stop with the self-improvement campaign and go to the kingdom of God campaign and seek his righteousness. And identify with his righteousness. Identify with his love walk. Identify with Jesus said, have the faith of God. In uh, Mark eleven twenty two. have the faith of God. Have the God kind of faith. The kind that says with the mouth, believes with the heart. Amen. Depend on the finished work of Christ. Oh my gosh, if I've said that once, I've said it 10,000 times. And I'm going to say it 100,000 times again. Because it's the deal. It's the deal. There's the deal. The finished work of Jesus to tell us die. It's finished. It's over. I didn't just speak in tongues. To tell us die is a Greek word. It means that it's finished. It's, and it, not only is it finished, it's as finished as it ever will be and ever could be. And it's never going to be added anything to it to make it more finished. So we can't get more righteous than being in the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. You want to overcome all your stuff and all your flesh and 
you know, temper tantrums or whatever. The way you do that is by identifying with Christ in Him. Glory. Not, what are the rules now? The rules now is don't ever ask me that. Because you're going to regret it. When I'm through with you, you're going to regret that you, I'm sorry I said anything. Well, you should be. So, again, as Pastor Scarlett has admonished us, there's a word you don't use every day. To put our name in, cert our name in places where we need improvement. Are you saying we're all fixed up and we don't need improvement? I'm not saying that, but I'm talking about how to get to the improvement. And if we could save ourselves, Jesus wouldn't have needed to go to the cross. If we could heal ourselves, we wouldn't have to, he wouldn't have had to take the stripes on his back. If we could provide for ourselves, just in in and in, in of ourselves, then there there's that. But because we can't, that's why we sing the song, Lord, I need you, my one defense, my righteousness. I'm standing in that. So if I need improvement, even in my behavior, behave, what I call behavioral holiness or behavioral holiness lifestyle, living a life that would be agreement with the word and pleasing to the Lord, even in our actions, we can get there. But you're not going to get there by trying to manage the flesh. You're going to get there by being in Christ, one with Him, thinking His thoughts. I have the mind of Christ. I have the faith of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the whole, the healed, the blessed. Praise God. And I got to do that all the time. And when I fall off the wagon, I got to get back on the wagon. They say if you're trying to learn to ride a horse and that horse bucks you off, if you can, you haven't been crippled and injured, you can get back on the horse and show the horse who's boss. And so we kind of have to do that with our flesh and our minds and, and stuff. We have to say, no, I'm not going to get back on that merry-go-round, you know, of dead works. The trouble is, no matter how fast the controller hits the merry-go-round switch, uh, it, you're still you're not going to get anywhere. You're just going round and round. Or being on a treadmill or something, you know. Some churches ought to get rid of all the pews and put in treadmills. Because there's so much dead works that, that, that it just, you know, let's just, you know, you, you run your race with patience, you know. And it's like, I, you know what? I have been on the treadmill of that church for nine years now and I'm not any further than I've started. Well, that's because you're just on the same. So if you apply that, like really, uh, what's the word? If you apply that in a practical way, don't be so spiritual you're a nut. 
But if you can apply that in a practical way, you can say, you know what? Everything that I do, I'm going to confess. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you're going to go on a weight loss program or anything like that, you know, and say, you know, I just felt like the Lord convicted me or said something about, you know, whatever, or get a, get a grip on your finances or whatever it is that you're trying to do, uh, you can say, you know, Lord, I'll admit I'm not going to do very well with this by myself, but I thank you that you help me. You strengthen me. You hold me up with the right hand of righteousness. You know, your, your strong arm holds me up and helps me. And, and your, my mind is renewed by the word and, and, and praise God. You know what? Lord, I'm not trying to impress you with my fantastic, amazing, stellar performance Christianity. I can't help the way I preach. Sorry. This is just. The deal, because who, who, you know, who do we think we are? Lord, as you know, my piety is just impressive. <laughs> They've elected me Father Holiness over at the church. Your holiness, yes, your grace. <laughs> now we sound like the Pope and King Henry having a conversation. It's ridiculous. And this is where we go in trying to you know, I, I'll tell you, you know, I, I heard Pentecostal preachers. Well, I'll tell you, if there's ever a saint, it was, you know, Sister Ledbetter. She's Ledbetter than everybody else. She's never cut her hair. Well, m- maybe she should consider that. Uh, it's a joke, all right? The Tower of Babel. Reaching heaven with the hair. But, you know... I'm thinking, yeah, well, I've been on the other end of that finger in my face from one of them beehive-wearing, rule-mongering, Gestapo-enforcing whatever. Ruby knows what I'm talking about. And say, well, what a saint. Well, they might look like a saint according to somebody's standard, but that doesn't mean oh, God is the one that knows the heart. You can't, you can't judge that. And uh, remember that one woman was following uh, Paul and the disciples around saying, these men are of the most high God would show us the way of salvation. Well, that sounds pretty good. Wow, they must, they must, be, they must be intercessory prayer captains. You know. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if the current condition of the church in America right now. I don't know if anybody would notice the difference. To be honest, you know, if you if you sound weird enough, they might elect you, you know, prophetess of the week or something. It's the truth. The I, I look at I got Facebook friends. I look at some of their meetings and I'm thinking they have lost their ever loving minds. <laughs> This has nothing to do with scripture or whatever. They have lost their minds. And then they're wearing all kinds of weird outfits that look like they were designed by Star Trek. And I'm thinking, what in God's name are we doing here? 
it's 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 almost nauseating because it's like you're taking the simplicity of the word and the gospel, which there is no more powerful thing. Paul said the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And you're you're dressing it up with costumes, you know, and weird hats and stuff. Come on. Next Sunday, we're all wearing sombreros. Because that'll help us reach heaven faster. Apparently, headgear is important. Jesus, help us. So, all these things, what's the subject here? The things that he said that the, no, uh, uh, ah, 32, Father knoweth. You have need of all these things. And then he said uh, later, all these things will be added unto you. All those things. What? Uh, Clothing, food, shelter, transportation, everything that you need. Uh, He knows you have need of that and he is the provider. So does it say does it say anything here about self-improvement campaign while you seek the things? No, we're not after the things, we're after the kingdom. We're after the righteousness. And in that there if if we're the righteousness of God and there is no hindrance to God's blessing uh, because there's be no wall up, nothing to stop it. Amen. It's a shoe in that this, this, everything you need is going to follow you and overtake you, as Deuteronomy 28 says. These blessings shall overtake you. That means come from behind and jump upon you. So that's why we don't really need to take our faith so much and, you know, try to make something happen. And then people get discouraged with that. Well, I tell you, I've been speaking to this thing for three years. I know, why don't you stop and start speaking the righteousness of God in Christ and then just praising Him for the things you need on your on your list or your vision board or whatever. Thank God for that in praise and call it already done and skip it. Just skip it, for God's sakes. Get me some headgear to wear. That'll build a crowd. I'm going to get one of them velvet sombreros with the pom-poms hanging down. Jesus is El Señor, you know. what I'm going to do. That'll draw them. I'm telling you, my, some of my friends, the weirder they are, the bigger the crowd they draw, the weirder they are.
Here I am in my little shirt. You know. Anyway. Like a normal shirt. Then, that's good from Amplified. See, seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, His kingdom and His righteousness, His way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given you besides. So you, the, the big gift is righteousness. Amen. That even all the evil of the devil and the sin and the blah, 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 blah in the world cannot stop the blessing of God because righteousness clears the path. We should, we, there was that singing group, you know, from the 50s, the Righteous Brothers. That's, we should be the Righteous Brothers and the Righteous Sisters. First Church of the Righteous People. Well, that would upset some folks, but it's scriptural. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. You want one more scripture just to help you to Wednesday? Pastor Scarlett's going to preach and straighten out all of my stuff. Second Corinthians 5 and look at verse 21 in Amplified Classic. For our sake... He made Christ virtually to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in and through Him, this is what we're talking about, seeking the righteousness, you know, the kingdom and the righteousness. Here it is. That we might become, and we have become, this is past tense, we might become endued with. In other words, what is the process that we became this self-improvement program, four steps to holiness. No. He first made Christ to be sin for us that we might become something. So the work's been done. The work's been done. The work's been done for our salvation, for our healing, for our prosperity, for our being in our right minds and, and, and having ideas and being, being what God has for us. Amen. Endued with, endued, like infused with, viewed by who? God. Not somebody else sitting over in judgment. Viewed as being in and examples of the righteousness of God. Not just the righteousness of the best saint in the church. Not the righteousness of the Pope or the pastor or whoever. The righteousness of God. Think about that. God Himself. Anybody think He might be righteous and holy and pure? All right. What we ought to be. Lord, help me to be what I ought to be. Well, get saved and shut up. Because 
He, he's made us what we're viewed by God of already being what we ought to be. Ah! Is anybody listening to me at all? Approved. Like I said, you know, you apply for a loan or something, you know, some membership in some place, and they say, good news, you've been approved. So we've been approved. Well, I just don't feel like I measure up. You don't, so shut up and get into this. I'm just going to cut to the chase now. In my old age, I'm going to become bolder. Because eventually, T.L. Osborne said, eventually you get to the age where they say, don't pay any attention to him, he's just old. So that you can say all kinds of shocking things. And people go, you know, I'm not good. All right. Approved and acceptable. I'm acceptable to God. I may not be acceptable to Sister Ledbetter with her Tower of Babel hair, but so what? That's what head trimmers are for. Oops. I thought I was trimming the hedges, and here I am. Approved and acceptable and in right relationship with him, capital H, and this part makes me want to do the war dance. By his goodness, not by my goodness, by his goodness. I have a sacrifice for my sin that's better than the blood of bulls and goats. I have the book of Hebrews sacrifice that is better. I have a better promise based on on better sacrifice. Glory. If Solomon could be blessed under his covenant, we are certainly more blessed under ours. Because he didn't have the blood of Christ. He might have seen it afar by faith some of the types and shadows that were in all that. But praise God, the Bible says the patriarchs look to this day of the church age with envy. (laughs) To say, oh, can you imagine walking in that? Say, well, Enoch walked with God. Yeah, but David walks with God inside of him. (laughs) Enoch didn't have God inside of him. Moses didn't have the indwelt Holy Spirit. Praise the boy, that would go over in some... Shut this off. But praise God, we have the the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling inside of us. No wonder. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I start looking at myself and I become Philippians 7. uh, I'm sorry. I become uh, Romans 7, Philippians 7, Philippians 3. Romans 7, you know, oh, wretched man that I am, the things I want to do, I don't. This is Paul talking who said concerning the righteousness and the law, blameless. And he said even with that, 
I hate myself. Because the things that I want to do, I don't. And the things that I hate, that's what I end up doing over and over. Who shall uh, deliver me from this body of death? And he says, I thank my God, Jesus Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Till Osborne said, when you see Christ in you, you're unstoppable. Well, I know that Christ is in the pastor. Otherwise, the Lord wouldn't let him stand there. Okay, great. But you know what? When you see Christ in you, that's when you become powerful. Amen. And that's when you become unstoppable. And that's why the devil fights it so much. All right, I got to stop preaching my brains out. And I might need them come Tuesday. Glory to God. Let's lift our hands and thank God for the word. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the good fight of faith, which is the one that we win. In Jesus' name. Okay, we're going to pray for our Internet audience, and you can also join in on this. If you are have any kind of physical sickness or symptoms, put your hand on yourself wherever you have a need. I'm going to pray. God's going to touch you. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you for your healing touch today. I thank you for the authority that you've given us over all illness to cure disease, to cast out devils. In the name of Jesus, I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors and uh, rogue cells to disappear and dry up from the roots in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for healing from the top of their head to the soles of their feet in Jesus' name. Be healed and be whole today in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you that those that have physical and material and financial needs, that you show yourself strong this week. You bring money in uh, from unexpected sources. From uh, the, the the blessing of God overtakes them in Jesus' name, and they'll have a testimony by next Sunday of the goodness of God and things that have happened. We give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, one more time, let's lift our hands and thank God.